Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Out it comes to Eckland. Kachuk back on the ice for Florida. Forsling finds Bennett. Bennett cross ice shot. And with that, from Verhege, his fourth career overtime winner, the Panthers are alive and well in the Stanley Cup Finals, trailing two games to one after an OT come-from-behind decision on home ice, their first-ever victory in Stanley Cup Final play. I would suggest that um, if the trend here continues, maybe Aiden Hill won't get as much money as originally anticipated in free agency. I also think, Marty, as we're going to dive into a lot of contractual numbers today, Based on what's been going on around the league and signing of defensemen, um, I could still see Vegas moving off of Aiden Hill here, but that's not the, uh, that's not the primary focus of this wow. game. I think no, the I'd, primary it, focus is everybody expected a million shots by the Panthers. That didn't happen. They probably hoped that their special teams would be better. That didn't happen. And they still won the game. So now after saying the other day that John Quick will be a three time cup winner, I'm about to tell you that the Golden Knights will lose this series in seven games because the only time that the Panthers have won in this series is when they had exactly two days off. So after they lose game four on Saturday, they will have exactly two days off between each of the next three games, which they will win, and they will now win in seven. So there. Well, I don't know what kind of uh, rainbows and unicorns land you live in, but this game was 2-1 up until 2 minutes and 13 seconds left. It should have been 5-1. It should have been 5-1 for Vegas. You're absolutely right. Vegas was the better team last night. Florida did show some resiliency and a bit of desperation at the end, um, but they were, again, not really threatening on Aiden Hill until very late. Uh, which they were able to get some good looks and don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, there was some, um, in tight and rebounds opportunity that, uh, uh, were laying there and Matthew Kachuk got one with 213 left in the game. Again, this is seven games that the Florida Panthers have won in overtime. They got 13 wins in the playoffs, seven of them in OT. They are seven and oh in overtime. We remember game seven against Boston with. Less than two minutes when the puck went off a leg and went to Brendan Montour and he beat Jeremy Swayman. They were dead right there with the goalie pulled and they pulled themselves out of jaws of victory. And they oh, no. did it again because if they go down three nothing in this series, it's over. 
I'm sorry, Duffer. They didn't it pull them out of the been... jaws of victory. They pulled themselves out of the jaws of death. Of defeat, of victory. death. Yes, you're right. <laughs> it's just Shana's coming on later, so I wanted to throw one of those oh, yeah. <laughs> really like weird saying because bunch of 180s uh, and 360s, and which yeah. yeah. So Shana, Shana Goldman coming up at 12:30, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about uh, lots of good things. Probably mostly defensemen. I think goalies. we uh, we're doing. You uh, and I are doing goalies this half hour. Yeah. Um, Shana had the audacity to suggest the Sabres might be in the mix for a certain goalie in her latest article. And I know that won't sit well with you. So I'm going to take up- that segment off. I'm literally <laughs> going to walk away. <laughs> that'll That's take okay. up at least 10 minutes of her segment at the bottom of the hour. Um, I mean, good. Which by the way, that. yesterday, um, Darren Drager yes. was on and we did talk about goaltenders a little bit. And he did say that the sense he's getting from the Sabres is that, Goalie is not a uh, priority right now. Is finding a top four defenseman, which mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, um, a really good sign, a really good thing that they want to start playing with more support in front of their goaltenders, right? And and that may be Devin Levi or Eric Comrie or Ukopekalukunen or somebody that they get through trade, free agency, whatever. All I'm saying is that. Granado developed the offensive identity that they wanted, mm-hmm. but always said, we're not going to worry so much about defensive and our defensive game and all of it. Not You always have to, but that's not the priority. Scoring goals is much more difficult. And I think now, by the sound of it, talking with Dregs yesterday, it's like, okay, now that we've got our identity of scoring, we can now focus on that defensive side a little bit more. Okay, that's a good tease for what's to come. I know you want to talk more about the Stanley Cup, but since we are talking about salaries and contracts and all the rest of it, I present you with this. If Brandon Montour was a free agent this summer, as opposed to next, what would he be getting on the open market based on the deals we have just seen for Gavrikov and today... The never-ending deal for Severson, which is a sign-and-trade, eight-year, six-and-a-quarter. He moves from Jersey after they signed him. I think they threw an extra zero in just before they traded him. Um, just they to tried present- to fool them. They tried to fool Columbus. <laughs> we snuck in a zero in there. Suck Gee. on that. Anyway, <laughs> so Columbus now is Severson. Uh, what do you think? Like Montour would what be getting seven and a half, eight million? That's what I was thinking. Seven and a half. So Columbus gets Severson. They got uh, Ivan Provorov. So they're trying to swing for a uh, a group of defensemen that they feel will help them. Um, I thought Damon Severson got overpaid, and you pointed out by saying they added a zero. I think they got overturned more than overpaid, but maybe yes. both. Probably. But it's funny because Gavrikov signs for a two-year deal in L.A. Yeah. And so the word around is, would more people now go for the short-term deal knowing that the cap in a couple of years is going to take a jump forward? The salary mm-hmm. cap has been staying pretty steady, growing a million a year because of the pandemic, the players having to pay back the escrow and the money loss and all of it. And we're still about a year and a half away from all of that being paid off. So next year, the cap is not going to jump $3 million, But a year Allegedly. after and in two years, it will. So yeah. a lot of players may be looking at a sign a two-year deal and then hit it again big. But Damon Severson goes for eight years, which is against what we were just talking about 48 hours ago. Can you blame him? Well, no. When you get that money, you take it. 
for eight years. It's crazy. Well, this is a really thorough Stanley Cup evaluation here, seven minutes into the show. We can't get away from what we really want to talk about. But so do you think Montour is going to get extended in Florida before he ever hits UFA? I would think so. I think the way that Montour plays uh, is um, absolutely the way that the Florida Panthers want to play from the back end. Now, he didn't go 10 games without the points in the playoff and that stuff. But also, let's uh, there's a human side to it. You know, <clears throat> expecting a baby is supposed to be June 14th that, uh, you know, they were going to induce her. She ends up going to labor early. They probably were signs of that. Um, you know, he has to come back between game one and game two. And uh, look, it, it, there's a human side to everything and you can not want to make excuses, but it, not that it was hard on Montour. It's probably harder on his wife to have to deal with all of it, but there's still a moment, a point of that. Um, but yeah, I would take Florida the way they play, uh, the way they want to pace, uh, push the pace from the back end, the way that he's able to jump on the rush. Um, and I had a great conversation with a scout yesterday who actually scouted Brendan Montour when he was playing in junior B and mm-hmm. brought him up to the USHL. And he said, look, this guy is a go, 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 go all the time type of player. Mm-hmm. And then we did have a conversation also about his, let's just say, situation with when Ralph Kruger was coaching here. And he did say, look, I had a conversation with Montour about why are you not jumping on the rush anymore? And he says, well, we're not allowed to activate the way that I like to, which, again, doesn't make any sense because you have a Dallin and you have a Montour. You let them activate as much as they want. Paul Maurice lets them activate as much as he wants. And he plays with fire a lot, but he doesn't get burned a whole lot because he can go and skate and recover. Vegas ultimately gets burned. They lose a game that they could have won, could have had a 3-0 series lead. Uh, how rattled might they be from this one? Well, the reason why I think they may be rattled is because I felt that for 40 minutes, the Vegas Golden Knights were in control. The second period, they dominated, dominated. They go into the third. And then, you know, how we were saying about how Rochester kind of played on their heels in game five against Syracuse and maybe they had to learn or whatever. I feel like Vegas, even though they're the best athletes in the world, they're NHL players, they did that in the third period. But they, they had really, all those chances, though, Marty. They just didn't. They, they had some chances, but once they got in their defensive zone, mm-hmm. they literally just sat in the middle of the slot and did not put any pressure on the outside. They didn't get out of their zone clean like they were in the first forty minutes. Now, when they got chances, it's because mm-hmm. Florida missed and handle a puck, missed a play, turn it over. Whoop! Vegas is attacking. But they yeah. didn't put enough pressure in the defensive zone. I felt like they played on their heels in their defensive zone, came back in their shell a little bit. And although Florida didn't have, what, they have like six shots through 17 minutes. And then they went boom, 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 boom. Shot, rebound, shot, rebound. And they did exactly what they needed to do. So um officiating, should we talk about the officiating in that game a little bit? Is it low-hanging fruit? Well, I will probably disagree with you on it, so maybe it makes it worthy of debate. Um, I can understand why the call was made with 11 seconds left. Um, I wouldn't really want it against me, obviously. Um, I didn't like a lot of the calls during the game. I thought the second will carry a penalty for boarding was not a boarding infraction. I thought Braden McNabb did just about as much as humanly possible on the Duclair break 
And when Duclair cut inside, he grabbed McNabb's stick. So anyway, um, and you know me, I tend to bristle at, uh, you know, when people look at a, a sheer number, like six power plays one side, five another, or X yeah. amount of power plays in the game and say, you know, what is this? Preseason hockey? Look, to me, if there's penalties there, call them. I don't care what day of the week and what month of the year. So if it's seven power plays aside in game three of a Stanley Cup final, that's fine. The players have to smarten up and not take penalties. But um, I don't know. It was just Here's a my little... problem with the, the refereeing last night is that there was 15 penalties called in the game. Okay. Mm-hmm. I did not go back to watch every penalty and who made the call on every penalty. But halfway into the third period, okay, watching the game with a group of hockey people, and I'm looking over and I said, Who's the second ref? Because it was all Dan O'Rourke. That's all it was. It was him that was calling every penalty. And I had to go to the game sheet and see who are the other two referees on. Because there's always three referees listed at the beginning on the game sheet. And there's a rotation. So the other two guys were Wes McCauley and Kelly Sutherland. And I could kid you not, I could not tell you who the second referee was in the game. It was Kelly, wasn't it? It was Kelly. And then right away, I saw the play develop and I saw Kelly Sutherland. But it feels like the one referee was whistle happy and the other guy didn't want to call anything. And that's, that's funny where- you say that because if you had just told me without knowing your little buildup, I would have thought it was Sutherland that was the more demonstrative last night. So, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. But so, I, again, see how it's, so. it's funny how you, you, you like watch a game. I maybe it's at that moment. I was like, Oh man, that's a terrible call. Who made the call? Dan O'Rourke yeah. or whatnot, right? And that maybe is where my head went to. But that was that was my impression of it all. Is that you know I want I want a consistent game by both referees. I don't want referees to outdo one another, and I don't want one referee to feel like they're taking the lead. Right. But at some point, these guys go back to the room after the first and the second period, and over time, and they are like talking about hey. Did you see that correctly? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't see it. Like, they have a gauge, right? They adjust. They evolve in the, in the game. I felt like it was one guy calling them, one guy kind of just letting it go. And so it become inconsistent in that way because mm-hmm. one doesn't want to step on the other's toes, and that's what it is. I was quite convinced there was no way Vegas was going to score on the power play in overtime. I just felt like the hockey gods were not going to punish the Panthers for that, you know, um, ill-fated call. But I will say this, there's one guy that could have changed that script. His name was Jack Eichel. Yeah. Jack had it pumped, right? Like it was, there was a minute five left in the power play. It came to him. Why with his shot he ever, and I get it. He's an elite, elite, elite passer, but they'd already bumped it around a bit and it came to him. I don't think the Panthers were expecting it to come to him. And if he uses the release that we've seen from him repeatedly, I think the Vegas Golden Knights are up three nothing. I don't think he misses. From there, but he—I don't even know if he dusted it off. He just just hesitated and then yeah. moved it along. I was shocked because he's such a good shooter, but we're seeing just more Jack the passer yeah. right now because he's got—he's on the ice with Barbashev and Marcia, so and it's like right. I'm going to facilitate yep. those guys. That pass to Marcia so on the power play, mm-hmm. like it was a not an NHL pass. It was a All Star pass. Like it's mm-hmm. from behind the goal line. Over a couple of sticks, three guys in the lane, and it's right on Marcheseau's tape. It lands right on his tape for the release. Um, that was one heck of a pass. 
Um, so that that made it two one at the time, right? So that was uh, that was definitely a big goal. And Johnny Consmite, you know, with that goal, uh, would have locked it up if Vegas would have won. I think if John Vegas Con. goes up, yeah, John right. Con, yeah. I think if Vegas goes up three nothing, you're looking at that saying Marcia so is the Consmite winner for sure. You know, just I and you didn't really pinata the low hanging fruit there um, when it came <laughs> to the officials, but I. And I tried to go back and look at it. And it, I mean, it's moot, obviously, at this point after the Panthers had won. But, and look, based on the nature of the penalty that was called with 11 seconds left, it probably was never going to happen that the Panthers would get penalized again to start overtime. Oh, yeah. But I thought Eric Stahl got away with a slash and maybe a hook. You know, as Vegas was barreling into the zone to set up late in their power play. So whatever. I went back and I'm like, well, I think Vegas even knew, like, what are we going to do? Complain about this? They're not going to call it, right? But it's on Mark Stone. Like, it's not like it didn't impact the play. Anyway, neither here nor there. It's Mark Stone did score. And he was really excited after the goal, which made me think of you, Duffer, because Mark Stone's goal celebration are great. And actually, in game two... I don't know if you saw that, but when he broke his stick and went to the bench and grabbed his stick, came across the ice, got the puck, made the pass, and the goal got scored, Mark Stone curled towards the left when everybody's curling right to celebrate with the goal, and he's got his hands in the air, and he's, yes, celebrating, like, the pass that he made. He's the best celebration guy, even when he doesn't score. What was the Skinner moment this year? Where it was the, for the milestone goal, and it was the elite pass, and they put they put the Sabers trainers put the tape on the puck. Elite oh pass. yeah, yeah, yeah. What elite pass. What, what was the goal? Oh my gosh! I don't know. I'd have to go look back and add it. Anyway, yeah, we'll find funny it stuff. On the I love that. I love that for Mark. I love how he celebrates the game, and it's it's amazing. Anyway, we got now another week and a half to talk about the cup because they're going to extend it all the way from a week Monday to Game Seven. So. Let's talk free agency. So Saturday's game four, and then it's Tuesday, game Tuesday, seven. Tuesday, Friday, Friday, Monday, Monday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so blame we'll the here. NBA we'll on that one because the NBA needs their of two course. days off in between. So now they go like that for the rest of the finals. Okay, trying to steal the spotlight from the Stanley Cup final. What do we make of these defenseman contracts? as they pertain to the Sabres and their desire to add a top four defenseman. When you see, uh, I don't want to say arguably, I guess they are, top four defensemen, one of whom goes from 4.1 to well over 6 million with his raise on an eight-year deal. The other one more than doubled his salary on a two-year deal, Gavrikov in LA. How does this impact what's out there and the cost of doing business for Buffalo trying to add a top four defenseman, whether they do it now via trade and sign, whether they do it on July 1st when free agency opens, whether they do it as, you know, going after UFAs or whether they target because you're into this today. And I love it when you're into this offer sheets, restricted free agency realization that you could spend up to $4 million on a guy at an offer sheet. And it only cost you what a second rounder. A second rounder up to 4.2 million, I think. And then between 4.2 and 6.4 is a first and a third. Think of a $6 million player. Would you not trade a first and a third? Damon Severson is now one of them. 
Well, no, yeah, I don't know that I'd trade a first and a third for Damon Severson, but at the same time, I mean, maybe it's the the the, the term well, on the contract. That's an interesting statement in your own right. Like, I think if Severson was two years younger, yeah, but and if he didn't have an eight-year deal attached to it, but yeah. But at the same time, if a team is flush with prospects and/or has been flush with prospects and picks, and they believe Severson's a guy, like a first and a third is nothing. nothing. Right in the big, if you're where you want to be kind of organizationally and you think he's like not the piece, but let's say one of the final four pieces, it still doesn't seem like a high cost to do business. No, and what, what's interesting about these uh, last couple of signings, Gavrikov with the LA Kings and obviously Damon Severson and gets traded to Columbus from Jersey is the approach, right? Gavrikov says, I want a two-year deal because I want to be able to hit it again when the cap goes up. And Severson says, no, I, I want the length. I want the eight-year deal right now. Mm-hmm. Gavrikov got probably, what, a half a million to a million dollar over what we thought maybe like he was going to be around five. I don't got, think I ever thought, I mean, uh, projectors may have had him there. I, I Maybe I didn't think about it enough, but I still, I would have thought five plus was always going to be high for him. So Okay, so but, like five plus was going to be high. So he got, let's say he got a million more than what he was going to get. And he got that on a short-term deal. But you're right. I also never envisioned him taking a two-year deal. Yeah, so exactly. good so, for him to take the money up front, right? Yeah, but I think on a shorter deal, those type of guys will make more money. On a six-year deal, he may have been around 4.8, 4.75. Like, sure. you know, you go six years and that's good. So that's fine. Gavrikov goes two years and then Severson goes the other way. So now it it almost puts in this, this complicated dilemma as to if you're going to approach a UFA, and you're the Sabres, are you going to throw more money short-term? Or are you going to say, hey, we got to start now looking at our cap numbers long-term because of the Dowling extension that mm-hmm. we haven't talked about it yet, but, you well, know. we did when I, the season ended, basically, yeah. because. I we think knew we that felt, was going to happen, right? They were like, yes, okay, yeah. what is it going to be? It's going to be this much. It's going to be that long. Mm-hmm. We, it's going to be eight years. It's going to be close to 10 or around 10 million. And that's the way it is, mm-hmm. right? And it's going to be announced on July 1 because that's <laughs> yes. when it can be announced, right? right so, right. but you got to start now managing that, okay, well, Thompson, Cousins, Samuelson, Darlene, you know. Talk uh, Skinner. Got, Talk Skinner, you've got Quinn Paterka coming, you got power coming. You've got to start looking at, oh, okay. Like throwing money in term isn't like all, you know, gumball machine anymore. Like it's just, you got to, you know, you can't just put a quarter in and something comes out. Like you got to manage it now. So, um, how I often am, did you get the prize you wanted when you put the quarter in? Well, after oh, five bucks, after five bucks, after in, five bucks, in like when he tries, like you See, probably was got a, something that, good. That but... was your earliest version of cap mismanagement. Yeah, cap mismanagement was when you were plugging quarters into that machine. I love it. Oh well, maybe I was getting like a couple of quarters, and then I didn't like the first two, and I was selling them for fifty cents a piece. So I was getting more money back. For going so out shady. there and selling. Oh that was my, my uh, entrepreneurship mm-hmm. uh, mind back then, which I don't have. But anyway, um, so the Sabres are in a dilemma right now. It's looking at moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think they can overpay somebody on a two-year deal. Yes. Make correct. them good right away. I agree. But you can't overpay somebody on a four or five-year deal. So who's the guy you want to overpay short term? 
A UFA available short term, Matt Dumba. Well, I mean, I'm in theory, you could do it to an RFA based on everything we're talking about, but I don't it's... really see. Oh, you know what? I have one name in the RFA market, one name that I think could be a target because of the team that he's on, and okay. that would be Kalen Addison. Oh. Young guy would fit perfectly in the core of this group. And Minnesota is like going to be tight against the cap again this year because of their cap penalty. This year and next, yep. This year next on Ryan Suter and Zach Parise. They have mm -hmm. to sign Philip Gustafson. So one of those two may be a prime kind of uh, target for you, uh, an offer sheet at some point. And I think Kalen Addison could be that guy. Where is he a difference maker, though? Does he really help the top four? Fell out of favor a little bit at times this year. He was a rookie. Yeah. Um, you know, older rookie, right? Technically. He's 20. Oh, I just had him on my sheet right now. So, but I don't know if he changes the dynamic that much in your top four. I really, you know, I would be hesitant on that. He like is 23. Yeah. So he's not yeah. like a 20, 21-year-old rookie. He's 23 right. years old. Um, That's the guy that I think would be a... If you're going to say overpay on a one year, maybe, or a little well, higher than you expect, I you could do it. I think, obviously, a lot of people, if we were pressing the way we just went with you, which is, who would you overpay on a short deal? I think a lot of people would instinctively say Matt Dumba. Yes. But I don't know if Matt Dumba would be really wanting to take a short deal at this point, no matter how much the overpay is. But it's a, it's a good one nonetheless, and you know now that Severson's gone, where my focus has been, not an obsession, uh, but yes. a focus, and it's Ryan Graves. Ryan Graves. But because of how we started this discussion, like, Severson goes from 4-1 to 6 and a quarter. Gavrikov more than doubles his salary mm -hmm. up to 5.7. Like, what's Graves going to get here? He's at 3.1. Is he now... Is he all of a sudden a five guy? Um, I, I think like, he's 28 years old. Right. So yes, Ryan but Graves Severson's is older. Say, so I don't even know how to play this. Like it's Ryan just... Graves is going to say, show me the money. Number right. one, I'm a UFA. Show me the money. Now on a two-year deal, I could see Ryan Graves being a five million guy. Say, yeah. hey, you know what? Two years, five million. You're 28. You're going to hit again at 30, right? But maybe... Well, exactly. Yeah. I'm selling. I'm the I'm the salesman. Oh, sorry. Ryan Graves. Yes, of course you're you gonna are. hit it again, big time at 30. Don't worry about the next two years. Get a situation where you're gonna play. Two and rings. Be in a, You'll be good. You'll be coveted. two rings. Exactly. You're gonna be playing with Owen Power, right? Like you're gonna have the stats to back it up. You're gonna be a seven and a half million dollar defenseman in two yeah. years from now. Like, go ahead, get your five million now. That's what I'm selling him on. Oh, okay. I've missed this, even though it was only a day. That's how I like got 50 cents for the 25 cents uh, gumball machine prize. <laughs> I was a great salesman. Well, incredibly, we are uh, out of time for the D discussion because we're shifting oh. backwards to the goaltender position. It's your strength. It's your expertise. <laughs> and Shana has taken it to a whole new level with her latest article on The Athletic. Shana Goldman is next right here on Sabres Live. Thank you. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.